2016, I decided to create some podcasts, perhaps even become a podcaster. And here we are, and I'm still not a podcaster. Hi, this is Baz in North West England. For what it's worth, I'm known as BazBT3 in the Browns subreddit. I've been a Browns fan for just over three seasons now. Though I've followed the NFL since Super Bowl XXII, my only previous experience of the Browns was a 2004 week-long trip to Ohio, during which I saw the team beat the Ravens in the season opening game. Incidentally, 2004, I think that's still our most recent opening day win. It's been a lean century so far, hasn't it? At least until this year. Right, it's time I stopped with the digressions and started on the personal observations, isn't it? I do need to be quiet, though. My wife's sleeping off a night shift and the girls are doing remote lessons. Such are the times. OK, the lack of a 2020 pre-season helps absolutely no one in the NFL. There are so many unknowns in team building, not the least of which is strength and conditioning. We had too many injuries, didn't we? And I don't think many would have predicted the impact COVID would have had on the season. Here's a small digression already. During the 2020 season, I participated in the 16-team Fantasy Football League as a first-time manager. If you'd seen the pain we all went through every week, selecting and then moving almost unknown players into our squads, then you can probably imagine the pain professional coaches feel. And yeah, I can imagine the misery players felt on being added to the injury report for something they didn't do, or worse, having to sit out the rest of the year has happened right across the NFL this season. In an ideal world, COVID should have had the same impact on every team in the league. Ask any Browns fan though, and we had a raw deal when compared with, for instance, the Ratbirds. Postponing games would have helped us heal, but it didn't happen. To lose our four receivers for the Jets game hurt us hard. Sure, our backups stepped up, but it wasn't enough to beat the Jets. Heck, we had to practice the morning before the game in a parking lot. That's how bad it was. Towards the end of the season, it seemed we were getting COVID notifications and facility shutdowns every few days. It's not a reflection on the team or the league that this happened. It's a fact of life these days. But when it really mattered, the staff and the systems Coach Stefanski put together made all the difference when he had a positive COVID test and had to isolate. I cannot imagine the pain of not being allowed to coach the wildcard game against, of all teams, the Pigsburg Squealers. Now, am I advocating he stays in his basement for a few important games next season? Hell no. OK, <laughs> maybe just to repeat next time we're heading towards the playoffs to enhance our seed position. I've noticed a lot of fans place a lot of importance on having the very latest replica jerseys, caps, tees. Or at least they try to find meaning or patterns in the colours we wear for specific games. Nothing wrong with that. I have certain superstitions, things that I have to do every week. So I need to know what colour pants the team will wear each week. That's okay. 
Me though, I stuck with my number 57 Matthews jersey since buying it off eBay in 2004. I stuck with the cap I acquired on the 2004 trip. And, okay, I have a few face masks and a phone case and a Scottish Hammer official tee. I have an urge to somehow commemorate this season. So who knows, I might have to spend a bit of time looking at Colour Rush, whatever that is, or was, or a custom jersey. Or even something Space Bounds-ish. Now we're living in the future. Space Bounds? Look it up on YouTube. You know, Space Bounds. It's the video with the astronaut image. You won't be disappointed. Or maybe you will. Look it up anyway. Right, the players who made the most impact on the Browns this season were, for me, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. If you somehow missed their often literally bruising impact, then you missed our season and you missed our heart. An additional standout category for the coaching staff. We were a team at last. Callie Brownson, the Browns' chief of staff, twice took over for a position coach and she made us proud. What more can I say? There's a question. Were there any first-year rookie players that stood out? It's probably an unfair question. If pressed, Jedrick Wills. Though not an all-pro yet, he helped to bring a degree of stability to our offensive line. It badly needed. Donovan Peoples-Jones showed a promise as a wideout, belying his fairly low draft position. Just don't mention his kick returns to the more rabid members of the dog pound. Now, did any players underperform? Pains me to say this, but Jarvis. Jarvis Landry. He had a desperately subpar season when compared against his normally exceptionally high standards. But he played his heart out when it mattered late in the season. I wish his numbers were higher, that's all. And I wish he could figure out where that line, that fine line is between after-the-catch trash talk and taunting. Odell Beckham Jr. Jarvis's friend since college. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time this year. I want him back when he's healed. There's unfinished business. Both of our Premier receivers seem to me to have suffered with the team as they, especially Baker, learned the new offence. And that gets us to the Browns subreddit favourite villain. A guy who absolutely doesn't deserve his reputation. Well, okay, maybe the reckless reputation perhaps has a grain of truth. Anyway, you might have guessed I'm about to mention free safety Andrew Sendejo. I'm guessing the defensive injuries we suffered thrust him into a scheme he wasn't entirely comfortable with. You know, the almost incredibly soft defence that allowed opposing offences to come back against our seemingly unassailable leads. Don't ever forget that by the time opposing players got anywhere near Sendejo, they'd already bypassed blown coverages. He lost his place just once, and only due to a concussion. That should tell you all you need to know about his place. I'd like to see him back for the 2021 season. We should also stick with our often maligned defensive coordinator, Joe Woods. Sure, his defences made my heart horribly lumpy during late season games. 
but when key players return next year, it'll be a fair evaluation of his talents. Right, I need a drink. Can you please imagine a short musical interlude? Not beer, anything stronger. It's mid-afternoon here right now, and I'm working on the dining room table. Okay, here are my top five moments, or games, if you like, of the 2020 Brown season. Number five. Late in the Texans game, with around a minute left in regulation, 60 yards to the end zone, and with the Browns leading only 10-7, to 7, Nick Chubb took the ball and ran 59 yards on a pause down the left boundary. And then, and then, he stepped out of bounds at the one-yard line. I screamed, why? At the TV in frustration. Then it hit me. With a three-point lead, and by now less than a minute to go, could we really take a risk and give the Texans the ball back for them to score? Onside kick and score again? A really situation-aware, classy decision. Then Baker took a couple of knees to give us the game 10-7. to Early in the season, was it week five? Up against the Colts? With, I think, they had the top-ranked defence. We won it. It set the tone for the season to come. And we won it with starters out injured. Number three. In week 14, we lost by five points. And in the most heartbreaking of fashions, to the Ratbirds. It's still a game that I can't talk about. But we played so well, in complete contrast to the earlier blowout game. Baker looked totally in charge throughout, especially in the pocket this time. Number two. During week seven against the Bengals, OBJ was lost for the season. Bad. That was bad. But Baker overcame whatever was previously holding him back. We won it with only seconds remaining in the game. This one really wasn't about the win. It was the adjustments we made. And number one. The highlight of the season was our wildcard game over the Squealers. In the playoffs. Yeah, the playoffs. The best bits, the four interceptions. Scoring 28 unanswered points in the first quarter alone. It didn't matter that Baker didn't pass that many yards on the day or the Squealers quarterback passed for over 500. I felt my heart would burst. I really did. Pride. Wow. I've not really ordered the above as such. It's just been a struggle just to pick only five. Next, what were my least favourite lone moments of the season? Losing to the Jets. With our depleted squad sucked. To postpone the game to allow the team to recover from the situation would almost certainly have given us the win and a 12-4 and record. But an 11-5 season is an absolutely awesome accomplishment. Sure, I felt the pain. As I said, I've been here only three seasons, but I'm honestly feeling what seems to me the very real pain of that loss. Perhaps paradoxically, I'm also feeling good about this season and the next. 
Why? To have the Browns back in the playoffs after not being there for so long, especially after we beat the Steelers twice, week 17 and in the wildcard round. And when we lost to the Chiefs in the divisional round, the divisional round, I wasn't as gutted as I thought I would be. Or longer term fans might understandably have been. You know, those fans who've been waiting for this, following the Browns all their lives. I'm extraordinarily happy with the final result, that we held the reigning Super Bowl champions in such a close game. Though no one dismissed us, with perhaps the possible exception of a couple of graceless, squealers players late in the year, we easily exceeded my expectations overall. Disregarding game day bets, I placed three on the team for the season. One for under eight and a half wins. Sorry. One for us to reach the playoffs. Oh yeah. And one for us to win the Super Bowl. I've also still waiting for Coach Kevin to win AP Coach of the Year. And yeah, Miles to scoop Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Want some perspective? You might remember head coach Hugh Jackson fired before the end of the 2018 season with a final 3-36 and 1 record. You might also remember him as the guy who after his 2016 team went 1-15 and said he'd jump into Lake Erie if the 2017 Browns went winless. In 2017, his team went winless. The fabled perfect season. 2019's Freddy Kitchens didn't fare much better. Ousted at the end of a chaotic tenure with a marginally better 6-10 final record. To be fair, he hadn't the level of experience to be thrown into the position, but it showed, often embarrassingly so. So fan expectations of the team under rookie head coach Kevin Stefanski range from even lower than my pessimistic or perhaps realistic, 7 and 9, right the way up to Super Bowl. He turned the franchise around with, this has to be said, a degree of class not seen in the preceding trauma-filled years. Now Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt in week 17 versus the Bengals. He was missed. Jarvis's numbers suffered. Without a proven second 1,000-yard wideout to shoulder the load, it was always going to be difficult. Sure, the team's fortune changed after OBJ went out, but the evidence he was dragging us down just isn't there. Or if it is, it's entirely circumstantial. And of course, other injuries hit us hard throughout the season. The absence of corner Greedy Williams due to a long-term shoulder injury the week's supreme defensive end, Miles Garrett, lost due to shoulder, uh, COVID illness and an obvious degradation of performance afterwards meant frequent time on the sidelines to recover. And losing Nick Chubb for as long as we did didn't help our game. But the season is done, and done oh so well. Now I don't really have an opinion if any player or players stepped up this odd year. Not really. The whole team stepped up, pure and simple, 
Sure, Kareem Hunt filled in admirably for Nick Chubb, but that's hardly a revelation, is it? And in the same vein, I don't recall any games we lost by bad play calling. Defensively, sure, we were as soft as a soft thing, but I can't in all conscience point to it losing us much. The question is, what do you think that the 2021 rounds will look like? I think not much different to the 2020 Browns, to be honest. The only difference will be the added weight of expectation from the owners, the coaches, the fans, the media. It's going to be a high-pressure year. So do the Browns have to acquire more effective defensive players in the upcoming draft to help improve the team? To be honest, I haven't really followed any drafts since the early 90s when I was attempting to understand this crazy sport. Remember, I'm English. We have no cultural football base to work with like Americans and Canadians have. I'd say that because I'm more of a fan of trades, of free agency, and we've traded away some really good defensive players, my most recent memory is of Joe Schobert's move to the Jaguars and the Jabril Peppers trade. I read recently how stoked he was that OBJ was coming here and then he realised he himself was part of the trade with the Giants. Painful. The last question is what other changes would you like to see made in the upcoming off-season? Nothing. And that's a good place to end this. Thanks to the Cleveland Podcast for giving me the opportunity to at least consolidate my thoughts as we head towards the 2021 season. But yeah, let's get this season finished first. Go Browns!